What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Saturday, January 5th, and uh, you guys are listening to episode number 93. And once again, I have a guest here with me uh, for the second time, second uh, appearance on the show. You guys hear me talk about him sometimes. Uh, Funny, young, up-and-coming comedian from the uh, Baltimore, Maryland area, is that... Forestville, Maryland, Prince George's County. All right, all right, all right, you don't have to get into the county, but yeah, he's from Maryland, everybody. Uh, Chris Lambert, thanks for being on the show again. Um, we're gonna have a good time. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, it's w- a pleasure being in your home. Yes, yes, and and were you? We're gonna talk about that. This motherfucker, dude. This guy, we we dined like gods. We'll get into that afterwards, but. Um, First, I want to thank everybody for the positive feedback on the last episode, and thank my, uh, you know, my previous guests, um, James Goff and Angelo Lozada. I know at the end of that, it got a little silly, guys. I'm not gonna lie though. When he, we were talking about Mike Brown and getting fired and all the shit about what it's gonna take for the Giants to get into the playoffs, we had a great time, and you guys totally uh, showed that you felt the same thing we were feeling by the feedback on the podcast. So thank you so much, and thanks to those guys. Um, it was excellent feedback, and um, keep the um, comments on iTunes coming uh, more and more every week. And once again, you guys know the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Go and download the free Butterfly Radio app on your iPhone. It allows you to um, pretty much be able to send uh, up to a five-minute audio message to any of your uh, favorite podcasts that are on there. You could also go to ButterflyRadio.com, create your own, register, create your own podcast, multiple podcast channels, whatever you want to talk about, um, putting up your own pictures and doing that. So it allows you. So if you're a podcast lover, it's it's perfect for you. So Butterfly Radio, that's the sponsor. Go to it and please download the app. And like you guys see, if you guys um, you know get at me and ask me a question, I will shout you out on the show and we'll do that. So. Uh, that's it. All right, we're gonna get into this. We got a lot of things to talk about. We got some uh, Django Unchained review that we're gonna do, which I think is gonna be pretty uh, interesting because uh, Chris and I have, um, you know, well, you know, what? We'll, we'll we'll get into that. I don't, I don't wanna, I wanna save that because that's gonna be a nice piece of the movie. We're gonna definitely dissect that Tarantino film, okay? Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. I have an announcement. I want to announce uh, a cool opportunity that I have where you guys could check me out. And, um, you know, we'll do it. We'll do it. Unacceptable. we got some NFL playoffs, which are actually going on right now still with this uh, Minnesota Viking debacle. And um, that's it. So uh, we're going to get right into this, Chris. Again, thank you for being here for the second time on the show. And uh, now you got more listeners listening. So we got, you know. The stakes are high. The stakes are the higher. The stakes are high. De, de, <laughs> de La Soul, 1996. That, that's right. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. I remember that. Oh, I remember man. that. That shit was, that, that was a good one. Yeah, I think uh, Most Def came out on that one. That was one of his big uh, feature spots. Oh, that was like his break. one of his breakout spots? Big Brother Beat. Yep. All right, so this is what we're going to get into now. All right. Okay. Um, you know what? I think let's go. Let's get into the Django Unchained. You want to do it? Sure. Well, All right, let's yeah. let's go do it. We both saw the movie. Yes. Uh, the movie's been out for a while now. No no sense in, in prolonging this. Um, let, let, tell me what you tell me your, your thoughts of the movie, and then I will tell you mine. My only problem with that movie was that it wasn't in IMAX. Like, that's... <laughs> Come on, Quentin. You could have spent a little extra money on that. No, I really, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was great. Like it, it, 
it combined all the genres of this, the spaghetti western, the revenge film, um, the love story, and I, I just really enjoyed it. It was a good time. A lot of people said it was too long, but I didn't really feel the time while I was in there. I was entertained. I was. It was funny. There were some moments that were unnerving. There were some very uncomfortable moments. Sure. Uh, but I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was a standout out of all the great performers. I'll even go as far as to say Killed it. He killed it. He, he killed it. Like I, I think he was one of the best villains, uh, movie villains, since Heath Ledger in uh, The Dark Knight. Wow. That's a great... Uh, yeah. You know... Um... You know, here, here here's what I'll say about the movie, and I'm sure we'll have a little we'll have a little fun with this. But um, I agree with a couple things you said. Uh, number one, I think anybody who enjoys acting or watching a good performance this this movie was was there a bad performance? I don't think so. I, I no. it really it really like Leonardo DiCaprio, Christopher uh, Christoph Waltz. Christo, I'm sorry, uh, Christoph Waltz was from from scene one. Or was amazing. Yeah, he kept you in it, right? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's scene at the table. Okay, great. I don't want to give the movie away if anybody didn't see it, but there's a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio at the at this dinner table. Okay, that was so captivating. So, uh, and that aspect, yes. Now the movie is here's here's my thing with the movie. The movie's two hours and forty five minutes, and I will say this: it felt like quicker than that. It was entertaining throughout. Okay, now here's my issue with the movie, okay? And this is where, if somebody said to me, it, this is one of the, and we were talking about this, this is one of the hardest movies for me to review because it's hard to say acting great, entertain me the whole way through. I didn't feel like it was long. You know, of course a two hour and 45 minute movie could be cut a little short, but I didn't feel that. So it's hard for you to pick something bad, but there was some issues that I had. Okay, now somebody gave me shit yesterday. I said, I felt like it was, to Quentin Tarantino and someone goes well wait a minute how can you say it's to Quentin Tarantino when it's Quentin Tarantino yeah and I, and I get that so then I figured out what I was really trying to say and this is what I meant it in my opinion it was too late Quentin Tarantino like like second half of career Quentin Tarantino like I feel like when he 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 did this weird thing in his career where like when he did Pulp Fiction or he did Reservoir Dogs it was a normal movie even that fucking debacle Jackie Brown but it was just normal he didn't get that whole kind of grindhouse bad editing that whole like 60s and 70s like weird music like you know when he did that I guess he did that did he do that around Kill Bill or or when he did that grindhouse thing I Grindhouse was after uh, Kill Bill, so that was like a couple years after. Like and, and yeah, and and Kill Bill was when he really got. I thought a little. Um, you know, he's obviously into the kung fu movies and everything. But but let, I, I'm I'm just gonna. I'm what gonna, are you trying to say? I'm gonna Paul? get right. I'm gonna get right to this. This is the problem. Okay, you have a heavy story. Okay, you have slavery in times where, you know, people were just so, it was brutal, like you said, really, like, unnerving scenes, yeah. and, and you know, hearing the N-word that many times, I gotta be honest with you, and I said this before, I'm Italian, right, and Greek, and there's really no words that can really hurt my, I mean, there's guinea wop, guinea wop and dago, right, now, on the scale of one to ten, okay, Guinea Wop or Dago, I would say, on a scale of 1 to 10 for how much it would bother me, would be like a 2 or a 3 if it was abused, okay? Um, 
the N word on a scale of, and, and I, you know, I can't, I, but I just know what that word has done to people. And I've had friends and I would say, I think it's safe to say at a scale of one to 10, the N word's a 10. The N word's an 11. Okay. It's a fucked up word and it, and, and it hurts people. If I heard Dago, Wop, or Guinea as many times as they use the N word in Django One Chain, I would be like, fuck, like that's a little much. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, one of my fa- one of my favorite songs from a tribe called Quest, Q-Tip had this song called uh, "Suck a Nigga" off the Midnight Marauders album. Yeah, and uh, he says "nigga" first was used down in the deep south, falling out between the dome of the white man's mouth. It means that we will never grow. You know the word dummy. Other niggas in the community think it's crummy, but I don't. Neither does the youth because we embrace the adversity. It goes right with the race. It's a term of right. endearment. And like it was, it's just wow. like, and and people use it in a different way. Now there's arguments for, for both sides of using it, but they kind of talk. People talk like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that didn't really bother me. Some parts were funny, like the them saying "nigger" wasn't the most disturbing part of the movie. No, no, no. But I, I, yeah. I, I, but see, I think a lot of the issues that people had with, and we talked about this before, is that. It is a western. It's a love story, but it's set against the backdrop of of a time where America, our culture, is uncomfortable to talk about. They, we feel uncomfortable to talking about it. Yeah, and I think that's right. where that's where a lot of the the but, dis, Go ahead. But no, no. But that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's what it was back then. They used yeah. that word. And it's funny because I heard Leonardo DiCaprio said it was really hard for as good of an actor as it, he mm-hmm. is. He said it was really hard for him to say that word. It was hard for him to, to keep pronouncing it the way that he did. And as a professional that he is and one of the best actors out there, he did it. He nailed the role. If you didn't see the movie, I think his performance at the table was probably worth the $12. So I'm not going to say that I got robbed. But... And I talked to a Quentin Tarantino purist, loves the guy, says, you know, this is the same guy that said, well, what do you mean it's too Tarantino if it's Tarantino? And I said, late Tarantino. This bad editing, this 70s loud music, this over the top with blood. But this is what I didn't like. And he told me this. Now, I had an issue with the Rick Ross song, okay, during the shootout because, it, it, in my opinion, this is just my I opinion. I thought it was Pac during the shootout. This is my... There it's was, like a James Brown, Tupac mashup or something. Oh, okay. Like I don't, that fine, like that big shootout. Oh, I'm talking about the one... Uh, no, 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 not that one. Rick Ross was like when they were going to Candy's Mansion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, there was a Rick Ross song. For you people that don't know, Rick Ross is a current actor now. Current okay, rapper. Current, I'm sorry. Current, current rapper now. You in could this, say he is an actor too. In the, yeah, but no, he's a current rapper now. Okay, and this movie's taking place in 18-something. Now, I just felt the inconsistency that I didn't like. Okay, now, I was sitting there with James Goff, okay, who's a black dude, by the way, and that's relevant for this. No, but this is is relevant for for my review. So I'm sitting there, and there's a part of the movie where not only does Rick Ross... Yo, Rick Ross. Now, now, when Rick Ross started playing, I was like, well, wait a minute. You had this dude fucking trotting on a pony or a donkey or whatever he was doing, and they had that old Western shit mm-hmm. at the beginning, right? Yeah. When yeah. Christoph Waltz and him were going, it was like that whole, you heard like the, 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 the like you'd be in a saloon or you'd mm-hmm. come out of a saloon and yeah. you had that. You had that feel like, oh, this is the Wild West or this yeah. is the West. 
Then Jamie Foxx is in a shootout and a current rap song comes on and it was just like a little weird to me. So I talked to this guy yesterday and it made me feel better. I wouldn't have known this. I would have complained about this more on the podcast, but it made me realize when he told me what he did. He goes, yeah, you know what? I know Quentin Tarantino's shit. And he goes, I, I-, I read all the guys. He goes, that was just him trying to be like too cool or like trying to like show, yeah, I'm kind of cool. Like I'll put this cool thing in there. That annoyed me because I didn't think it was necessary because the movie was already cool. But I think that's that's his touch. It's just like it's you you said like he was too Quentin Tarantino, but that that fits within the world of his film. You know, right. like I didn't I didn't look at that and say, "Oh my god, I'm taking out of I'm taken out of this story because a Rick Ross song came on." No, no, and no. And Jamie Foxx had a shape up. Well, no, but see, oh, yeah, but, but I didn't get to that yet, and that's that's a big problem for me. And we and and I was listening to uh Dan Lebatard show um, yeah, a couple night, a couple days ago, he they were talking about the movie. He was talking about the movie with uh, Bomani Jones. Bomani Jones said that in 1858, there's yeah. a scene where dynamite's used to blow up, uh, to blow up uh, that his carriage. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That they because they thought that they were in there. Yeah, yeah. right. And dynamite hadn't been invented yet. Oh, so that was just, like I didn't know. I didn't oh, know see, that see, either. See, I didn't know that. But it's just like. I was invested in this. I was so invested in the story of this guy getting vengeance on these people, yeah. getting his girl back, that I was like, oh, I didn't take time to... See, so Tarantino doesn't care. This is the thing. If he wants a story to go, and I get what you're saying. You were into the story. You want to see this guy get to the plantation his wife was at, save her from the plantation, get his revenge. Mm-hmm. That you, you know, you like see, And I like that. By the way, the scene with uh, uh, Christoph Waltz sitting drinking a beer with him was, was amazing. Like, the, the scene, like, this movie, that's the thing, though, man. This is what fucked me up. He didn't have to do that extra shit. Like, that's what bothered me. Like, I feel like the story was so good. Are you going to cry? No, no, let's just say, no, I think I was, was, actually, I'm drinking a beer. I think I was, I think some got caught. Um, No, it it had everything that I wanted in the story. It had everything I wanted in the acting. Mm. And I felt like, what if he kept it, and this was in my mind, what if he kept it to, like, true Western and he kept it to like whether it was like a like an unforgiven or it was like what it was in those times where he you know the real shit and and did the same story with the same acting. Then you're talking, but fine, that's not what he does. So you got to accept the the extra blood. You got to accept that. Now the edge up, okay. And this is when James looked at me, and this is when the first sign of me going, why do I have an uncomfortable feeling? If you guys remember, there's a scene in the movie where he's got a Frederick Douglass. Mm. For you people that don't know what that means, his hair is all fucked up. He's got a slave. He, he's a beat up slave. His chain. hair is unkempt. Let's yeah. just say that. Or nappy, if yeah. you would. Yes, yes. You can say, I can say nappy. You can't. Well, you know, I'm as fucked that you up for me. You can't white man. Yeah, yeah, you I'm as fucked that up for me. I'm as fucked that nappy headed whole shit. I won't even touch that word. Oh, my God. No, so yeah, but they can't shut down my podcast, so fuck that. No, he had fucked up hair, yeah. okay? It was all a mess. He was a slave chained up. This is before the guy took him and, and kind of freed him and made him his partner. Mm-hmm. And then they go into this clothing store, and this man with money who's a bounty hunter, played by Christoph Waltz, goes... Pick any clothes you want. And it was a cool scene. I could pick any kind of yeah, clothes, and boss? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. And that's another thing. He started talking, I could pick any clothes, boss. By the end, he was talking like fucking Billy D. Williams in a Colt 45 commercial. Well, and I and I just kind of looked at that as... Did you know you noticed that too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I just looked at that as an homage to the black exploitation uh, era, the that, stuff that he loved. And that one, I could deal with. And one, one thing, uh, this guy I follow on Twitter who's a rapper, musician, Fonte from uh, Little Brother and the Foreign Exchange talented dude 
Um, he had just seen it today and he said, you know, the thing about Quentin Tarantino and all this controversy is that he's he's very talented, he's very privileged, and he's aloof in a lot of ways to Who's that? Quentin Tarantino. It's yeah. like a little aloof to how people are gonna perceive this and he loves he loves black people so much in a way that 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 he's trying to put all of it into that movie like you right. you can't you can't discount his uh him being passionate towards the the black towards black culture oh no 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 and, and you know what is, i'm saying no. so that's why that's there like that didn't surprise me and then jamie fox has kind of like a weird shape up anyway his no, hairline's kind of he, do, he weird. does but like even people that were fans of the movie laughed because when he said i could pick any i could pick any clothes i want then he comes out with this like kind of crazy blue Probably outfit blue, with yeah. the ruffle yeah and yeah. that was and that was cool i could deal with the outfit but this fucking guy comes out with an edge up that looked like he had a barber from yeah. fucking, you know, from fuck Harlem with the fucking perfect with fades and edge up in his trailer right there. And I, and all of a sudden I looked up and James Goff, uh, guess who was on the show last week, he looks at me, squints his eyes and he goes, how the fuck you going to have a shape up like that? I could picture him and, yeah, yeah, he yeah, goes, how yeah. the fuck you going to have a shape And all of a sudden I'm looking at this crisp haircut in 18 something and Jamie Foxx got the perfect hairline. And then I was like, okay. That took me a little bit. And then you got to understand, this compiled a little bit, okay? But this is what was confusing to me about the movie. So then the rap song. But then when they go to Candyland and they meet the guy, then there's that crazy scene with the dogs, which was really uncomfortable, the yeah. dogs and stuff. I don't want to give it away, but there's a crazy scene with the slave and, and, and dogs. And I'm like, man, this is real. And then like, so... For me, and this is just me, you know, and I got into a big fight. I got into a big fight about Bill Burr. We went back and we was like, oh, then you didn't understand what happened. And you didn't understand what he did. I go, no. And he goes, unless you're saying that that's just not for you. And after breaking it down, I guess I've conceded to the fact that, look, I loved the story and I loved the acting. What for me didn't work in this movie was how it went from like, oh my God, heavy shit. That's heavy. The fight in the living room, that was heavy. The mm. dog scene was heavy. The acting was great. And then that extra over-the-top blood and gore, which is like, you know... If like but you that's should... his style, though, No, man. I know, it's like I you, know. You go, you go to a... It's not like you've not been primed right, but for I thought, that. I, I, no, 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 but I thought, it was, I thought this one was so over. Like, mm. I thought he was like, instead of like three blood packets in his knee, I want eight. Like, I just felt yeah. like he just, I, in my opinion, I just felt like he just went like, you know what? I'm going to go more. And for me, it took away from a lot of the seriousness of it. That's I don't what, think, I think those serious scenes still resonate. I mean, those, I can still picture those scenes as well as I can with the the levity in, in, in the film. Uh, I think what's uncomfortable, what's, See, like, I think sometimes white people, like, you don't, you guys don't have to know about minorities unless you choose to. Like, you don't have to be able to function in a, the world in the world of a minority to to get through life. Right. As black people, we have to know who we are, who we are as a people. Right. As well as the ways of the majority or the way to, to in order to succeed in society. Not that's just how it is. I'm not making anything, but at the same time, so when you see something like that uh, for the first time for a lot of people, so oh my god, I can't believe that happened. I thought you guys were just sold, gave us biscuits and picked cotton, but there was other harsh stuff that went on. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and you could curse. The, da- the danger, the danger in a film like this is a lot of people are coming to this uh, with a blank slate, not really having any idea of what went on back then with slavery and not knowing anything and just thinking that everything that happened in that movie was the truth. Like that, that really happened. A lot of people are taking this story to be like, this really happened. There was a dude named Django and, and this part of the country, you know, then that's, that's not good either. Yeah. No, look, I mean, it, it's, I don't know what it's like to be black because I'm not black. So all I could do is sit there and, and I've asked my friends who were black, what did you think of the movie? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a friend say, listen, as a black man, I didn't want to see that word said that many times. But as a comedian, I wanted to see the movie and I wanted to see how it happened. Like he, as a comic, he wanted his creative mind to take, to, you know, to get something from it and see it. But like he said, it was really uncomfortable. There's some people, like you said, like that's how it was back then and you have to deal with it. Um, and I appreciate everything that you're saying. Those are all things I can't relate to because that's not, you know, that's not my life. But when I say that, Paul, I'm not saying you'll never understand, no, Paul. No, no, you I understand. No, no, no. I'm not saying no, no, that no. way. I understand. But I'm just saying that there's a lot of there's a lot of white people that know more about black history than black people do, unfortunately. Right. But I'm saying that there's books, there's books like John Hope Franklin's From Slavery to Freedom that you can read and know about the West African slave trade, know about what life was like. You don't take this book like to be the cliff notes to you understanding what black culture was, what slavery was, you know. That's what I'm saying. Some people might do that. And you know what? And the Quentin, Quentin Tarantino knows, but he still chose. Like, that's the thing that I have a problem with. He still chose to just like, you know... He knows the history, I'm sure. He's a smart, he's a smart guy. Even yeah. though he's, you know, he's 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 a filmmaker. He's a, he's a smart man. He knows what he did. I'm sure he did a ton of research, on, you know, on this film, on the West, on on all those slave plantations. I'm sure he knows. Yeah. I'm sure he did his research to find out about that fight and stuff. Like you said, it's not just giving biscuits and picking cotton. There yeah. was some horrific shit. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of rape and stuff that they really didn't show that much of in this movie. They alluded to. They it, alluded though. to it, but they didn't show. It, but he knows that. But then him, kind of like you said, that dynamite wasn't invented. Ah, but he did it. So Certain terminology that they used, I know wasn't used mm-hmm. then. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't be like this motherfucker. Like they, there was parts that you felt like it was almost like a juice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know really? like like juice. like no, but like you know what I'm saying. Like as, I don't give a as, fuck about as, you. Yeah, like as Django as Django got like more fucking confident and like as shit got realer. Yeah. You know, even the way Samuel Jackson talked in the movie, I just thought it was like it got a little bit like so more new modern. Mm-hmm. And and that was just his way of doing it. And for me, I just thought the story. I would have loved it to stay. This is what I wanted. I wanted the violence to stay, and I wanted the um, the the authenticity of well, that time. That's almost like go watch a good, the good, bad, and the ugly. Then you know what I mean. Like that's like go it's, watch. It still could have been no, but it could, still could have been exaggerated. But I, I just I just didn't think. Yeah. I just thought if if it was like you know. If his Frederick Douglass was like a little shaped up but still fucked up, and like he didn't talk that good, but he was a bad dude who killed everybody, and there was still yeah. blood, but not buckets of it coming out of one knee, mm-hmm. you know. And another thing Tarantino does, which I really after Kill Bill, it 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 got old for me. And this is just me being honest and real. Another thing though was when there's one guy, the hero, and a thousand bad guys come in the room, yeah. and like he manages to get out. Like I understand that, but that's very kung fuish, and you gotta understand. For, but I'm not a yeah. kung fu. I was never a kung fu guy. I ever. was never a huge kung fu guy never. either. But I thought, I thought Kill Bill was fantastic, and I think 
I think... Um, See, for me, it was entertaining, but not fantastic to strong words, so... Well, for me... Right. I, that's my opinion. That's what I'm I saying. I said I thought it was great. That's what I'm saying. And that's probably uh, why we have this opinion on this movie. And and for this one, um, I just felt there there were so many moments that I felt emotionally locked into the film. Like, when they're... No spoilers, but when they're in that situation at the dinner table, I was like, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. I know he's going to win. But how is Django? How oh no, no, that that. Out? But see, that's that's exact. I agree with that hundred percent. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. I was so into that dinner scene. Yeah. And you know they're gonna win, or you know there's a way. But it's like it was so fucking. Excuse me. It was so intense that I was like, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think like this is that was that scene is one of the reasons why I think Leonardo DiCaprio should get an Oscar for this. Like that. There's there's more to that scene. There's more risk that he took than say other bad guys yeah. in the movie based on the time period of the film yeah. like how they the I, I, setting of the film and look, the risk that he took I think you could I, th- I think from but what we're both saying if you're listening to this it, it's something that I could never tell somebody it's bad don't see it I could never do that because it really wasn't it was entertaining the acting was great the story was heavy there were scenes that are almost unwatchable as far as like oh my god that was fucking like in a good way unwatchable mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know what I mean like yeah. you just cringed up you're like oh my god you know there were scenes like that and I love that about movies for me like other people took it as oh man that's just Tarantino's you know grindhouse over the top music and blood and you got to take it for me that took away from something for for me and actually uh, James James Goff who I was with I don't want to speak for him but he he said that and I know he probably tweeted that um, still entertained the nice thing was when you go into a, a two hour and forty five minute movie the nice thing is to never feel like it's five hours and I didn't. I, I never did. So I guess we could uh, agree on a lot, which we did, the acting, the story, and all that. And we could agree to disagree on the um, the things that you were able to overlook. The Rick Ross and the modern rap stuff that you know Tarantino threw in there. The uh, inaccuracy. There was also bad editing, which is part of Tarantino's repertoire with the thing. There, there, was, there was some bad editing on purpose. Uh, that's what I was... I, was I, I learned a lot about this movie because I didn't realize that there were some really strategic things he did which I didn't like. Well, just one one thing I'll say about it is is was there anything? Yeah, that's what I want to ask you. I don't mean to cut you off. Was there anything about you didn't like? It wasn't an IMAX. That's it. That- <laughs> okay, because you just like the lacing up of white people. I get it. No, I just I just think that it was a good movie. I would say go see the. It's one of the. It's an event movie for one thing. Yes, it's it one is. Of the, it's one of those movies you go see and you talk about it. At work, you talk like about, we're talking about it now. Yeah, like because what one of my, when I got back, I came back from vacation to my my job, my nine to five, and it, my black coworkers were like, "Hey, Chris, Happy New Year! Did you see Django?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we couldn't talk about like they were scared, like slaves discussing freedom. Like, it, oh, it's funny like if it's you go, <laughs> you go to a black t- like as a white dude, yeah. I'd be like, "Yeah, I saw Django on chain." Like, yeah, what you think of? <laughs> what you think about it, motherfucker? <laughs> What'd you think of the terminology used in it, white boy? No, hey, I just oh. wanted to see if you re- return that report. Oh, do you return the report, white man. <laughs> no, I, I look. But how about this? But you I, go see the movie, and you talk to Paul on Butterfly Radio and tell him what you think. Boom. See what I did there. That's a great guess. That's a great see guess. There, see guys? that this guy plugged my sponsor and didn't know. Uh, well, actually, did, he did dude. know, Come but on, but Paul, he. Just, yeah, whatever. Jesus, you ruined the plot. Yeah, I did. No, I did. Um, here's the deal, okay? Um, I made a good point about the edge up. The edge up's a problem for me. 
No, the edge up haircut. Like his haircut fucked me up because I felt like he left the staple center and just jumped into the scene. Like that's it, it got it was that crazy for me. Like to see a man, you have to just you have to visualize this for a second. To see a man chained up, slave, not really talking right. The man couldn't read. He had a Frederick Douglass fucked up hair fro, whatever he had. And then within 10 minutes of the movie, he's in some fucking blue, what do you call the outfit? He had like an Andre 3000 Prince outfit. Yeah, he had yeah. like this Prince outfit on, which I was able to deal with the color and all that. But the haircut was perfect. And everyone said, like, why? Why does his haircut being perfect and modern day bother you? And then this was my question. I said, okay, fine. What if it was inscribed Lakers in the back of it and Quentin Tarantino left that in? Would that be? And they were like, well, yeah, that's a little over the top. For but me, it was regular. What it, you, because that just being like that was said Lakers to you. And it, exactly. Without it being. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, w- without the Lakers being inscribed, that's what it did for me. It almost sure. like spoofed it. And that was a problem that I had. It's like he just came off from doing blaming on the alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like he walked out of his studio, you know, from from doing a song, and he just, you know, took the leather off, put that thing on, and goes, "Hey guys, I'm out of my trailer. Let's do this western." That bothered me, and and and, and it took away from it took away. And I'm just being mm-hmm. honest. If anybody else feels that way, if you disagree, like he said, all jokes aside, go to Butterfly Radio or email me, get me on Facebook, and let me know. If you want to see great acting, if you want to see. Uh, you made a really good point, man. I just want to say this. You made it. You made. You said something that it's an event movie. Like you're gonna spend money. You're gonna eat snacks. It's almost three hours. You're gonna be at the theater for a long time, and it is a different. Oh wow, this is different. So that I'll give. It is definitely that. Yeah, it's a good time, and God forbid you pay decent amount of money and see a solid, good film. And you spend it's it's time well spent. You you know what it 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 definitely it, you'll leave there going wow man I haven't felt like you know even if you don't like it and you think it's silly it's still a like yeah. a, like a spectacle. It's fun yeah and like I'll, I'll say this like I had a big movie binge day that day so I after that as a palate cleanser I went to go see This Is Forty. So and how was that? that was I good. really enjoyed. I heard that was good. I love Judd Apatow like I I never saw people deal with their white people problems so adorably it was great i really <laughs> i really loved it but judd i'm a i'm a judd apatow fan and people talk bad about him like because his movies well, you're a nice a you're, you're a nice boy who grew up in the suburbs so like your problems were client like your problems weren't much different from white people problems growing up right well, i'm not 40 years old they, they had a nice they're like how are we gonna pay our rent like your house is massive dude like, <laughs> that, that's a no nah, i didn't good movie though um all right, so we, we one, one thing that I was going to talk about on this, and hopefully the people listening to this podcast are in there, you know, fuck it, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. If you're listening to this and you're 60, you're the coolest 60-year-old ever. Um, if you're older than that, if you're 70 and you're listening to the Verzi effect, I you get every gift that I, every merchandise thing. <laughs> Listen, if you're if you could prove to me that you are 70 years old and you fucking religiously listen to my show... I'm going to put this out there right now, and I want you to call me on it, but you have to prove it. Instagram your birth certificate Yes. to Paul Verzi. Every piece of merchandise that I will have in my career, from my first, second, third, fourth, how many albums I ever do, luckily, hopefully I get to four. Not one, not two. No, who knows? Whether I do one album or five or fucking ten, I will give you them. I will give you any t-shirt I have, but you got to prove it to me. You can't be some 19-year-old fucking trying to, you got to prove it to me. That's awesome. And I appreciate you listening. And if it's this late, you ain't going to be listening because this is going to come on. So you'll probably listen tomorrow. Um, 
All right. I like how you over-explain everything. So if you're going to listen, I mean, whenever you're listening, if this is the morning time or this is the <laughs> afternoon, just make sure if you tell me that you're going to do this, I'm Paul Verzi and I'm real. I'm really real what I'm saying here. I'm not is kidding. It, I'm not kidding. I'm Italian and part Greek. <laughs> and I occasionally oh, wear Jack Reacher jackets. Oh, that was the funniest <laughs> shit ever. What a funny thing. I wore my black leather jacket the other night. And he keep fuck with me. He goes, look at you when you're Jack Reacher jacket. And I laugh. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking, guys, right now. I'm having a good time. This we're is, having I'm, fun. We're, we're having fun, man. We're 30 we're minutes, it. and we got a lot to talk about. We do. So I hope, you, I hope you, you know, buckle up. Buckle up. See Django Unchained. I wouldn't go see Django Unchained. I'd wait for the DVD. Nah, I'm kidding. Go see you're it. Right. If you don't see Django Unchained, you're racist. <laughs> I said If you don't man. go see Django Unchained and you saw Lincoln... Or if you saw if you saw the Hobbit, yeah, is that a coincidence that those movies came out? Well, I don't know. Probably. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna free the slaves, and and then we're, and then right afterwards we're gonna kill white people. I somebody gave me a screener, and I got like thirty minutes into it at the beginning. He's listening to these two black soldiers talk and say, "And boss, if we get if we, <laughs> it was just I don't know. <laughs> yeah." No, I'm uh, gonna tell you something, and this 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 and this is not gonna be you know you're not gonna like this, but it's not racist because I'm not racist, okay. I'm this, not racist. Everything, the, the, every, anytime, anytime somebody, somebody says, says I'm that, not no, racist. I'm not racist, all right? But I guys, don't like, here's, no, no, here's the thing, okay? I'm tired of this black takeover. And he, just hear me out for a second. <laughs> no, 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 just hear me out for a second, okay? Guys, I'm sitting next to a six foot, how big are you? I'm like six two. Yeah, I'm sitting next to a six two big fucking black dude right now. But I gotta be honest with you, okay? I'm, I don't like... The black takeover just for the sake of it's in. What's you know the what black I'm saying? Takeover though. Explain no, no, no. yourself. Okay, okay, listen. Not, the, not not a black takeover like like the the whole like the media trying to like you know, with like the movie Lincoln and wow. then Django on chain with like all these white people getting killed. Fine, I could deal with that. I could deal with oh that. No, no, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. I could deal with that. Lincoln, Django Unchained, white people getting killed all night. I can deal with it. It's all fine. Night. It's fine. Whatever. That's fine. Okay? Obama got back in and shit. I can deal with that. I can <laughs> wow, deal. Wow, man. No, no, no. I can deal with that. RG3. Yeah, RG. Right, 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 right. No, I can deal with that. Two listen, black quarterbacks listen, in the playoffs. Listen, I can deal with all of that shit. That's fine. That's fine. We got a black president and, and, and all these movies. are. That's so cool. What? Here's what I don't like. Okay. Here's how I know they're trying to do. Here's how I know you guys are trying to fucking take over. Okay, the revolution's coming, people. Okay, here's how I know, because you guys are trying to make the next 007 black. Now, here's my thing about we that. Are, I, yes. See, this no, is no, where this white, is the, no, this I don't is, mind. This is where white people. <laughs> this is this is wrong. So because. Two people got a, one dude has a blog, all the black people are trying to make James Bond black. No, no, I heard that the next James Bond is trying to be that, Brit, that, that, but you know. Idris Elba. Yes, now, now listen. He's fantastic. But what made me like him is that he's British, because at least they're not fucking that part up. Because, and listen, it has nothing, but that's the thing. Somebody listening to this going, oh, well, what do you mean? Because I said to um, a couple comedians, Derek Gaines and somebody, I go, does it make me racist? If like I don't want the next 007 to be to be black, and he joked, and I go, no, but here's why: because growing up as a kid, okay, I don't want Shaft to be white. How about that? See, I don't want Shaft to be white. Okay, I don't like watching. I don't like when the NBA promotes that many white players. You want to know why? Because they're just not that fucking good. Well, they're not as good as black athletes are. 
You know what I mean? I don't want if if there was a beat. Well, who's Dolomite? What's Dolomite? Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, that well, he was like a badass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they tried to make a Dolomite, and it was fucking Kevin Costner or some shit or 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 whatever. I wouldn't want to see that. If they tried to make Shaft a, a white, I would literally tweet and go, "Why the fuck are they trying to take a character that was people were grown were brought up as a black character? Why are they trying to do it?" It's the same thing with 007 with me. I want a British Sean Connery type fucking British spy guy to do that part. So, it has nothing to do with racism. If you're I got to be honest with you, dude. If you have racism in your heart, to honestly, if you have racism in your heart, and I mean real racism. I'm not talking about like me, me and you will joke around and shit. We'll do, I'm talking about real fucking malicious racism in your heart in 2013. If you do, man, you're fucked up. You need to wake up. Seriously, that's as real as I could be. Like, you know, we're having fun on the podcast here, but I'm being as dead serious as I could be. If you maliciously have it in your heart and you think that you're fucked up, you need to you need to realize that like it's you you have fucking issues and that's just crazy to me to to not be able to accept somebody for for what they are because they look different or act different still today I think it was fucked up in '95. I, I thought before we started we weren't going to talk about race. <laughs> no, we're not. But we're no, only forty minutes. I'll in. say I'll say this. Um, this this is just the non comic book version of when Donald Glover they were trying to petition for him to be Spider-Man and people like, I don't want a nigger Spider-Man and I don't want, um, I think it was your cat. Like, I don't want, uh, you know, somebody had pictures of Spider-Man with a 40 ounce cause they, cause they That's knew Don. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so it's the same thing cause people want what they're used to and, and, and I understand that. Like I don't people want what they're used to, but certain legendary characters don't need to be touched. You can make other characters. You can make new characters. Well, you can make a spy movie with a black guy as a spy, think, but yeah, 007 yeah. wasn't that. That's not who he was. I could give a shit if he's black or white. I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. Idris Elba is a brilliant actor. If Absolutely. you want to see, if you want to see him do dope shit, go watch the series Luther on BBC. It's actually, I think, it's streaming on Netflix. And uh, Amazon. Yeah, that that was yeah. He was the, he was the. He, he plays a cop in London. He's fucking fantastic. No, no, no. The dude's awesome. Yeah, I like the dude. I liked. I loved him in Prometheus. Yeah. No, I. Well, he wasn't really acting that much in that. But oh, he played the was, pilot. It was, it was fine. cool. He had some funny scenes though, where he was smoking with the. But yeah, if you want to see him at his best, best, sure, sure. You go. You you go. Click on Netflix. But and like, and what's watch fucked Luther. up is like you can honestly say what I said. I said it at a comedy club. We were sitting there joking around, but you could say what I said. And somebody's gonna look at me and go, you know something? That's racist. Well, then and that's they're wrong. Stupid, that's wrong. Man. But, but they will, though, Chris. Whether it's wrong, they will. They're looking at somebody. You know, if I said that in front of a group of, you know, let's say there was a table of black comedians, and I just said that, one of them is gonna go, "Yo, man, Verzi, Verzi was down over at the stand. He, he's talking some racist shit about how this shit." And and that, you're not get. I'm not saying that that's the case, but you're not getting me then, because I was just talking about the character, the character that we've grown for many years to 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 know. It doesn't need to. Be, I'm joking when I say like the black takeover. It is a coincidence though that Lincoln. And fucking, I think it's just because you, but but when you say that, you're saying like, oh, all these movies, like all Django Unchained and Tyler Perry movies are 
part of the black takeover. Yeah, the, the, but it's only the, a handful the, the, of black movies that come out. No, I, I, I but I know what you. You I, know what I'm saying. I know where you're going, but but you're you're speaking in hyperbole. But yeah. right, right, yeah. I mean, look, I'm having a little fucking fun I, over I know, here. I know. You know, fun I mean, too, it, you, you know, Obama got elected, and then Lincoln comes out of me. Shit, <laughs> this shit was time. Lincoln. This is a no. With I didn't see Lincoln. Lincoln by the way. Did you no see Lincoln? Parts of it. Lincoln with no Frederick Douglass. I heard. Oh shit. Oh shit! Oh shit! But what? read, but see, basically, read a fucking book. Sometimes don't look at these movies to try to tell you uh, historical facts, and then yeah, read more than one book talking about a certain person. I'm looking forward to. I heard this movie about the Bin Laden shit. Zero Dark Thirty. I heard Zero Dark. I heard, it's fantastic. I heard Zero Dark Thirty is. I'm like, I'm going maybe the day of, maybe sneak preview. It's, I heard it is literally best movie of the year. Like phenomenal. Like I'm going to that. Like I, that's a movie I already know is great. Same director as uh, Hurt Locker. Lucky, yeah, I cannot wait. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, 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 and she won for best picture over Avatar, and which is her ex husband, uh, yep, James, James Cameron. Yeah, she deserved to win. I, I wasn't rooting for I wasn't rooting for the woman. She was a, yeah, she no, was just a because broad. like yeah, no, not because she was a broad. Because like she probably like tried to take shit in the divorce. I'm a dick. Oh, uh, she. Pro- I was just like she probably tried to hammer that motherfucker. No, actually, you know something? I was glad she won because I didn't think Avatar. I thought Avatar was one of the most grossly overrated movies of all time. It looked good. No, no, visually it was yeah. great, but the movie I just was saw a love a bo- story. I just saw a bootleg copy. From the same barbershop that Jamie Foxx went to when he got. I hope you're not listening to this going. I Paul doesn't like black people or women. Paul, no, right. Paul. Like I'm in your house right now. You treating me like a king. Oh, man. let's talk I about that. This, this, oh, let's uh, talk about that. So, so James, <laughs> James. The, uh, the, I'm your other black friend, Paul. I got, second, I got, no, I got, got more than two. If you have to count, anyway. I got more than two. I just feel like James is my only ally with this fucking Django and Chain. Yeah. Um, Chris come uh, no I talked to Chris today and I go dude I'm gonna watch some football I go um, you know I got some stuff I'm, I'm just gonna hang out relax and I got and he goes I don't know man I got some shit to do tomorrow I'm not gonna do anything I go listen all right I said I'm gonna enjoy some football you have a good time being alone and he goes oh shit and I was like oh damn because <laughs> so I was like I had now I have to come because he kind of guilted me into it. And then, like, because if, if I didn't come here, I would just be, like, crying into a DiGiorno. Like, yeah. <laughs> a DiGiorno that I've added extra pepperoni to. So, because they don't give you enough pepperoni. No, But that's beside do. the fact. But, yeah, and I, I get here. It's like, oh, we order Chinese food. And, and uh, I had, we went, he made me go out with him to get ice cream and cookies. So, so yeah, so he came in, he had this big ass bowl of Chinese food. He had extra like pork rolls that we made for him. Yeah. Then, then after that, we go out to the supermarket. We got ice cream and cookies, Reese's ice cream, vanilla. We put it into a bowl. He eats that shit. We give him beers. It's all good. He He's had a, a 70 year old black dude shine my shoes. <laughs> I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know you could shine sneakers. You know, you said, I, I was like, uh, Walt. No, he I was treated like, me like Schultz treated Django. He <laughs> took me, he took me from captivity of my apartment and treated me well. No, we're having a good time here. He gave me a shape up too. He cut my hair. But we went, <laughs> and then we rode horses. It was unreal. <laughs> um, no, so we'll talk about aging a little bit. Getting not, not not even so much aging, but just the perspective you have in your twenties to thirties and forties, mm-hmm. right? I think it's totally different. Like, yeah. like, and I'm sure, like, the movie This Is Forty. I heard that, like, he really nailed what it's like when you're done your thirties. Your kids are starting to get a little older, and he dealt with that. You know, me and you, early thirties. You know, my kids are babies still, and I just look at when I was, 
you know, 23, 24, 10 years ago. Everything, like, it's amazing, though, that it's really not that much time in life, right? No, it's not. Like, 10 years, 10 years in life is not really that much time, but what it, what it, like, in your, in your life it is. Yeah. Like, it's, it, in the big picture, 10 years is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Go back 10 years. 10 years was, was, I mean, it was. I was 22. I was in, I was 23, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was 24. Mm-hmm. And um, that 24 was right when I changed my life. Because a lot of people, you know, that, that, I mean, some people that are really close to me know this, but I was really bad, man. I was partying a lot. I was, um, you know, I was, I was just kind of out of control. I, w- I was chasing women. I was drinking like an animal. I was, you know, it was just crazy, stupid shit. And, you know, probably even, you know, up until like 22. And then all of a sudden I was like, I got my shit together. But, you know, your perspective on music changes. Everything in your life. Like if you're in your 20s right now and you're listening to this 10 years from now, fast forward 10 years from now, you're a different person. You're a different man. You're a different woman. It, it's, it, you know, the priorities are different. Um, I think that, but the nice thing is the good hearted person that you are won't change, right? Yeah, I think, I think there's, uh, there's a lot to be said with that. Like I'm working on a bit about getting older and it's not, it's not so much of me like worrying. I'm not going to do the bit, but I don't worry about being old, I just worry about some of the things that I can't enjoy anymore because of my perspective. Yeah. You know, it's just like you, you're just like remembering like there's this great line that one of my favorite rappers, uh, his name is Blue, and he said, has this song called, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing at me? I'm no, trying no, to be not, poignant. No, I'm not laughing at you. But I'm you fun- were just like, like that's a funny ass name for a rapper. Well, his name his name is Johnson Barnes and his, and his rap name is uh, BLU. Great album called okay. Below the Heavens. I'm just trying to tell the no, people no, no, they no, may no. not know. Okay, go they ahead. may not know, Paul. Okay. Blue Below the Heavens. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. anyway, I'm sorry, my bad. He has a song called In Remembrance of Me, and he has a line that says, "Remembering when I was full of youth and not yet abused by time." So it's like, right? It's like you remember, like when you used to do things. Certain things used to be a big deal, and you look back, they weren't that big of a deal, or it, it just, it, it just kind of. It puts things in perspective. I, I always think of that line when that's I think a great, about that, aging. Yeah, no, that's great. And and you know one one great line. I remember when MySpace first came out. <laughs> I like how I tried to be all pointy. No, no, and no. Was I, like, you know, there's you know this something thing called you're not listening. MySpace. No, you're this guy named Tom. No, you're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're not listening. Not listening. I said you're listening. That's hilarious. You're not listening. MySpace came out, and all the fucking high school friends come. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hilarious though. Oh, shit. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, no, you're not listening to what I'm saying, Chris. MySpace. No, guys. listen, listen. No, no, no. Okay, I got, this, I got you. Listen, no, this, listen, this, this is listen. good though. This is good though. Oh, this is turning into a nice episode, isn't it? I, I, I just, so. I think, I think, like, yeah, man, like you guys listening, like we're talking some deep shit here. We're having a good time over here. I hope you're sitting down, drinking a beer or drinking water, whatever the fuck you drink, watching a game, enjoying it. Oh, actually, the game will be over, but you actually, no, tomorrow. You'll be watching two games tomorrow. Uh, Seattle and all that. Is this one over? Yes. Yeah, it's over. Uh, tomorrow, man. Tomorrow's a big one. Uh, RG3 and, and the Seahawks. We're going to get into sports after. What I was going to say was, uh, all jokes aside, when MySpace first came out and all your like high school friends came out of the woodwork and they requested you and everything, I remember one girl... She had something posted. Like, this is when everybody... You know when everybody tried to say, like, those quotes? Yeah. Or everybody tried to put something out there that put they thought was... They, or they just tried to, like, put something that they thought was so fucking, like, profound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And But one girl, she said something, and she she, she said... Um, and it's simple, and we've all heard it a million times, but 
it, it's one of the most, it's the best. And it's if I knew then what I know now. Mm-hmm. And, and I look back at that and you look back at your life, mm-hmm. right? And I always remember when my mom would tell me things when I was a little kid, like my mom would say, um, you'll see when you have kids, Paul. You'll see, you think I'm being, you know, you think this, or you think I'm being paranoid and worried about something happened to you. You see when you have little kids. And it's like, she was so right. Yeah. And a little kid just can't get it because it's not built in them. They're not built. A little boy or girl, no matter what age they are, if they're fucking under 20 or not under 20, but like maybe under 15. Mm -hmm. If you're under 15 and your parent tells you, no, trust me, like they don't, they're not hearing that. They're not hearing that they're just, they, they they don't have it in them to go yeah you know unless they're fucking really remarkable and like exceptional um, it's it's just you have to because you have to live and learn and go through it but um, you know the best advice that I've ever you know gotten was from somebody who's been through it man right you know and and listen to somebody open your mind like don't just listen to the same music and be like oh that shit's stupid fuck that I'm gonna listen to this or yeah. or you know you know what I mean like open your mind if somebody says something like read like you said it's funny you joke but like read yeah I need you know I'm you know I'm in my in my early 30s I want to read more right. I want to read more and grow more that way but it's it's amazing how like your 20s to your 30s and I couldn't even imagine. Once you, I mean, if you're over fifty, it's old. <laughs> Jesus, bro. I mean, I'm not gonna bullshit you. You know, you're over fifty. Just, just take fucking... some Metamucil and just watch your life. Listen, put your feet up, watch away. some TV, and just fucking go to the doctor every three months. Um, <laughs> I'm a hypochondriac, dude. When I get older, I'm gonna be. Just watch some Matlock no. and just count the hours down. So Matlock. Old people like Matlock and No, when do you think it's over? Like when do you think it's fucking over? Like not I don't mean your life, but when do you think it's like like hopes, dreams? I mean I guess it never like hopes and dreams, but like what do you think? Like seventy? It depends, man. Like, I don't know. Like if you didn't do shit and you're seventy, you ain't doing shit. Yeah, I mean, well, some people go to college. Like, no, but if you're yeah. 71, I gotta get my shit together. I gotta get my shit, dog, man. <laughs> man, uh, life expectancy is 76. <laughs> I got five years I to got make this five shit. Five years. <laughs> make this shit happen. Yeah. Got five years to become a proctologist. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, man. I just, I just, you know, I, I, I see the evolution, man. Like my, my, my son's growing, and and. Uh, you know, as a, I don't know, just as a human being. Shout out to Lucas. Shout out to Lucas, who was, who was, Chris came over, man. Lucas was doing laps. Yeah. He didn't know what. He was just like, he was jumping into stuff. He had a good time. Uh, <laughs> he was like, I had a cookie. But, you know, my son was so tired out from doing all the shit that he did with company. My sister came over. Chris came over. He was so tired out. My son never does this, but he goes, he goes, yeah, can I just lay down? He took a bite of a chocolate chip cookie, which he never, ever does. He just handed it back to me. He goes, I'm done. And then just goes, yeah, I'm like, he was ready. He, he was got like, the itis, man. Yeah, this he was he, he was good done. Good to go. No. Um, what's something stupid you did in your, like, what's, what's like one of the, what's one of like the, I don't want to say regrets, but do you ever like, you know, say to yourself, man, like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, a lot of it's just with women. Like, All right, so let's let's merge into the relationship thing, you know. Um, let's merge into the relationship thing real quick. Worst thing, worst thing you ever said to a woman. God, I don't, I don't think I'm too like, too like. I guess I don't know. Like, just recently, one time, this girl, like, I had tickets to. Uh, I was thinking about getting tickets to see uh, 
the Nets when they were still in New Jersey. And it was just this girl that was a friend of mine. She said, I, I hit her up. I, I texted her and I was like, hey, you want to go see Miami play the Nets? And she was like, oh, I'm not a fan of basketball. And I wrote back, I don't know if I'm a fan of you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did she get upset? No, I don't think Man, so. Man, you are a nice guy. The worst, you want to know the worst thing I ever said? What did you say? Bitch? Fuck you, <laughs> cunt. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> The worst thing I ever said to a bitch was, uh, "I'm gonna kill you in front of your mother." I don't. I'm no, sure, I can't. Think, I'm off the top of my head. I don't. Ugh, I don't know. Worst thing I ever did on a date. The worst thing I ever did on a date. Don't uh, say not pay the bill. No, nah, I usually always pay. I pretty much pay all the time. Uh, God, I can't think of anything. Oh, that you're a good guy. That her. I'm. I'm a. I'm. No, I don't know if I did. What well, I'm trying to think I if I, I, I never did anything bad. I, just, I did. I dated this one. I dated this one girl, and she was so just arrogant and just a jerk. Mm-hmm. And we we went to the mall to see a movie. Okay. And before the movie, went to this Mexican restaurant in the mall to just get something to eat and then go to the movies. And as we're in the Mexican restaurant eating, this girl was just so. She was either trying to overcompensate for her insecurity or whatever she was doing, but she sucked. She's just a horrible person. Like, just mean. Just trying to knock things. It was right when I started comedy and I told her like a joke I did and it was about Asians and she was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul. Well, yeah, and she was like, oh, is that funny? You think that's funny? And like, it really was funny. Yeah. And she just, but like the way she did it, like she was just being a jerk and i never forget, man. It was, this is actually nothing bad I did. I guess it's something good I did, but it was probably one of the most awkward and worst situations on a date where I just go, uh, she was just being a jerk and she was being really arrogant. And I go, you know something? I, you know what? Just take me home. That's what she said. I don't want to. Yeah, like she, yeah she, like, she wanted to drive because she she's a spoiled brat and she got this like new BMW. Mm-hmm. So she picked me up in this like brand new pimped out BMW and stuff. And uh, she she drove, and, and I go, you know something? She was just being a dick at the, And we were there. We were at the mall ready to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know something? I don't want to go to the movies. Just take me home. And, and she's like, she's like, well, I, I, you know, I just don't want to be here. I just don't want to be here. I just want to be home. How just, old were I, you I just, when you said that? I, I was probably like, uh, like 20, 21. That's pretty good, though. No, That's maybe like, like G shit. Maybe 20 to 22, somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did well. I did well. I was good because I just, I didn't take no shit and I was just honest. Like, I was the type of dude, if I liked the girl, I would just come up. I didn't care. And I would be like, dude, like, you know, I, I would just go up to her and be like, hey, like, I'm, this is what I'm feeling. Like, I'll be really honest mm-hmm. about my feelings. I, I'm like that too. Like, but some, one of my, I think the more that I think about it, some of my biggest regrets are just women that I've spent time with and I should have spent time with other other women yeah. like, and somebody else that was like right there yeah. and you don't realize it until it's too late like when I was in Chicago there was this cool chick and but I was liking this other girl and I was like just focusing on this other girl it wasn't getting that the vibe that I wanted yeah. and then I remember I went out with this other girl we went to a, a concert and I was like god I should have yeah. and then I moved I moved here and I was like I should have talked to you yeah sometimes you realize late yeah you know, no sometimes you realize late sometimes you realize who was really cool that's yeah. another thing about aging yeah that's another thing about aging you could have dated somebody in your 20s mm-hmm. and then you get to your 30s or 40s what the fuck was like, I doing damn, yeah like yeah. what was I doing like that person was good to me like why didn't right. I see that because yeah. your mind when you're young you're so going to the next thing or like what's bigger and what's better you're not realizing and if you peak it too early it's gonna ruin yeah you know, yeah. it's, it's going to ruin it. I remember one time my mom said to me, she goes, no matter what you do with a woman, 
no matter how great she is, it's going to be too bad you didn't meet her when you were 25 or, or older. Basically, mm. it's too bad you didn't, you know, you don't meet him. And, and I go, why? She goes, you'll see. Because you got, because you got to go through shit. Yeah. You got to go through shit. Right. Because it's almost like when, when you and I talk about, you know, like relationships or dating and all that and stuff, uh, it's just like you don't want to repeat the past. No, you don't repeat the things that you that you messed up, because like you you just because you learn from them and you you just don't want to repeat the past and make the same mistakes. Right. No. So like that's where that's kind of where I'm at now when when there's interest in somebody. It's just like oh, I like this girl, but I don't want to. I want to be a bitch. I want to be you know. I want to <laughs> mess up. You know, like one thing is like um, if you show a girl you're for real, and when I say for real. Like, I mean, if you show somebody that you have interest in, that, look, I have interest in, but I don't have interest in playing games, and I don't have interest in waiting, and I don't have interest in your games, yeah. a real a real woman gets that and is and knows. You know, and a dumb bitch is just like, but I want it back in. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You don't care if she gets hit by a car. You know, because right. after a while, you're like, fuck it. She doesn't get it. She's never going to get it. She's not going to get it. You know what I mean? We were talking about this last night at the cl- at the comedy club. Uh, me, uh, Joe DeRosa, Nikki Glazer. There was a bunch of people there. Uh, K- Dave Kimowitz was there, uh, my manager. And we were talking. I said, there, it's clear. There is a girl that you date and, and try to have sex with and do all that. And then there is a girl you marry. And it is an easy, easy, distinct. You could see it. Mm-hmm. You could see it. You can look at a girl and go, that's a girl that I'm going to date. And, you know, maybe we'll have some fun. And then you look and you go, that's wife. Because you that's, knew that, that when... That, that, that you, lo- you locked that up. Yeah, I knew that because when I saw my wife, I saw her with children. I saw my wife was just different. My wife was more mature. My wife didn't go out. My wife was on next level shit. Mm-hmm. Smarter, just funnier. Like with, with like her sense of humor wasn't sure. dumb. Like her the, sense of humor was like the was, dumb Asian girl. Like, like yeah, okay. exactly. Like the right. dumb that Asian girl was just like, huh, like she was just like, oh look, look, my parents bought me a BMW, and I'm gonna do it. She was very materialistic. Her yeah. sense of humor sucked. She wasn't <laughs> on some real shit. And the coolest thing was to drive home from that when I go, yeah, just take me home. Was the shit because uh-huh. I just acted so standoffish. Like all I want to do, like my body language and yeah. vibe was like, I can't wait to walk out of this fucking car. The yeah. whole drive down, I was like, she felt my fucking vibe on my body going I can't wait to open the door and I remember just opening the door and walking out and closing it did you ever see her again it was a, I, like out and I just fucking was just totally like yeah it was just just a nightmare man sure and and I was young and yeah I, I wish I was I probably didn't have to be as arrogant or you know maybe but but it was I was right you mm-hmm. know I, I was definitely right sure um all right, so we're going to get into some other stuff here now um we have an unacceptable to do we got some so let's talk a little bit um playoffs um, playoffs. Playoffs. Um, Lambert here is from Maryland, so he is a big time Redskins fan, and he's rooting for. Well, not you're not. Well, a, I just kind of root for the black quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, I almost tweeted that I wish RG. I almost tweeted this was my tweet. I wish RG three was white, so Chris Lambert wouldn't like him as much. You should have tweeted lo- that. You love. Retweet. You love. You love like the black quarterback, and you hate when they say they can't throw. Yeah, I just hate. I just there's just it's such a, a stigma. I don't know. It just it just ah, I, they just they're just really hard on those dudes sometimes. Well, so. you know what it is though, and and this is what I I was talking to Burr about this, and Burr said it. They're so naturally gifted. The black quarterback is so naturally gifted, and their legs were able to do so much for them as far mm-hmm. as getting out of traffic. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. being able to create a play when there wasn't a play. Yeah. That it's hard when you grow up with that ability. 
now it's hard because the NFL is a stay-in-the-pocket game. Um, now, from what you've seen with RG3, it's clear his, his his leg was not the same last week or the week before. He's not as agile. He's getting a little better, yeah, but he's not the doubt his, He's got an arm, too. When, uh, yes, I mean, he does. Yes, what do you he mean? does. Yes, he does what? He's got an arm. No, he of course throw. he has an arm. I'm saying I don't think too many people doubt that. Like oh. the, 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 the 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 analysts don't doubt. It. I mean, I've seen him whip the ball around. He's got. A, he doesn't have an arm. He's it's got just, a cannon. You know what it is? It's the narrative that they create that's different between like a black quarterback and a white quarterback. If you see somebody like Andrew Luck, he throws a good pass. They're like, oh my God, look at the poise and the knowledge that he took but, to hold on. But, look at the knowledge that he took to to throw this ball. It was very quick thinking. And then if RG3 or some black quarterback, Cam Newton, does the same thing, it's just like, oh, look how athletic he was getting the ball there. And he just, he didn't, he didn't make, they don't mention how he read the defense. No, I, that, I, that's just, this is kind of right. like a general, this is a general, right. unnuanced statement. But that's you, the narrative that they, that the media creates for a black quarterback is different from a white quarterback. Um, I, I agree with that, but I also think that that's based on a lot of the historical facts that have happened in the NFL. F- as f- well, it's for, still the good old boy uh, network for the most part. Yeah, but you know, I don't think it's a racist thing. I, I really don't. I think it's a thing where, like, you know, they see Mike Vick, who like Mike Vick, who who recently who had an arm like John Elway, who they used right, to right, say right. had a yeah. But hold on, thing. let me finish my point, and then you tell, and then and then you tell me if you think it's okay. if you think that there there is some validity in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mike Vick had an arm as good, if not better, than John. I'm not, not you know it's hard to say better than Elway because I don't think anybody had a better arm than Elway. But but I think Mike Vick's arm was up to par with some of the strongest arms ever. Mm-hmm. The problem is Mike Vick is punch drunk with hits because he did not know. Okay, he did not know because of his fucking spectacular ability. He did not know how to run out of bounds or die, take it. You know, take a dive. He didn't, and I think that they see that. RG3, I hope RG3 learns from Mike Vick. I really do. I said this before. I hope RG3 and I hope the people around him go, dude, you got a good head on your shoulders. You're a great quarterback. You got a strong arm. I know you have the legs. He's a track star. You have the legs to do it. Go out of bounds. You don't need those extra 10 yards. If you see an opening and get those extra 10 yards, you're going to get a fucking concussion. I'd rather get let you get four to five of those yards and we live to see another down and try to fight for them with a pass. So I think historically... I think when you see the black quarterback who who is is leg wise is more gifted legs, um, I think that they really do rely on it. I don't think that Chris Collinsworth and those guys are like, ah, let's fucking bury this fucking guy. I don't think they're doing that. I don't think that they're doing that either. But there's you have to you have to look at. Well, name a black quarterback. Name a black quarterback. Okay. That stood in the pocket. Warren Moon. Okay. Okay. Vince Evans. I don't know who that Jason, is. Jason, he used to play with the Raiders. Jason Campbell ran a little bit though, but he was he more of a, he was more of a pocket. Right, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Warren Moon's a good one. Warren Moon wasn't a runner. Warren Moon is a great example, but there's not there's not many. Doug Williams, the only black quarterback to, to win, win a Super Bowl. Bowl with the Redskins. I remember that. Um, there's different types of quarterbacks, but I, okay, Cam Newton last year, right? Stud. We were talking about this off mic. When he came into the league, there's oh, he's like Michael Vick. No, he's not. He's six six two fifty. Mike yeah. Vick. I didn't even know Mike, Cam Mike was that big. Mike Vick is barely six feet. How big is How big is Big Ben? 
Big Ben is about that about so that. So Cam size. Newton is as is almost as big as Big Ben. He's about the same size. Wow. He's more like Roethlisberger than any quarterback in the league. Yeah. Because if you uh, granted maybe Cam's Just faster, faster, yeah. But Ben used to run over dudes. Now he's kind of like easing up on that now, but he's still a big dude that yeah. still can scramble and make a play happen. Yeah. Um I just think I just think that you have to be aware of the narrative. Um but Listen, I think they do compare. I think they do compare the quarterbacks to other quarterbacks. I think that uh, you know, a guy like Andrew Luck and a guy like Peyton Manning have no choice but to stay in the pocket because they don't have the ability. Peyton Manning, you ever see Peyton Manning run? Well, Andrew, like Luck run Andrew Luck can run over. Andrew Luck can run too. Andrew Luck is he does he's got more of an Elway than a Peyton because yeah. he could he could run yeah. over. Peyton runs like he's got shit in his pants. Like Peyton's got a, right. had to throw. Right. You know what I mean? And he, he had guys blocking for him. I too. think having the ability to run is is a, is a is a curse. Having the ability to run in the NFL, other than like Steve Young and some other people that made it work, if you think about it, those guys, it is a curse. You're so gifted, you're like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm out. Look what he did with the Falcons. Vic did with the Falcons his first couple years. He was running around. He had more rushing yards than RG3's running. For, I mean, I just, listen, let's, let's say this. RG3 can stay in the pocket and throw the football. And if he does, and he doesn't take the hits, and he's got the ability, he's going to be, this guy's in the playoffs. Let's get to the playoff game, okay? Who do you like in the game? Seahawks have this unbelievable defense going into Washington. What do you think? I think I think uh, the Redskins can pull it off. I think if they if they just stay poised, I'm just worried about the secondary. I'm a little worried yeah. about the Redskins secondary. Uh, and Seattle secondary is amazing. Yeah, so I, I think if uh, they get Alfred Morris going, and uh, dude's awesome. Yeah, RG three just kind of you know plays. Plays if he plays well, I mean it's gonna be they're gonna be hard to stop, and they get they're in they're in Landover, uh, they're they're in they're at home. I think they can do it. It could go either way, but I'm p- pulling for the Redskins. Look, I've been wrong about a lot of NFC teams. I I can't believe how fickle the Giants were this year. Um, you got everybody has to go through the Falcons to get to the Super Bowl for the NFC. You have to go through Atlanta. I feel this, but you know what? We were talking about this earlier. I feel the same way. I was talking to my dad about this, and you, we were talking about the Texans. I feel like Atlanta it's and like the, the Texans—they're Texans? like the same. Like it's like I don't know how I don't know if I trust them, despite their I totally despite agree. their regular season I, record. I understand that. I agree with it. Matt Ryan has not won a playoff game. I do think they're going to win their first round. Um, you know, I think the Texans are done next week in New England. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this other game that's going down tomorrow? Um, there's the uh, Bron- Broncos Colts. No, no, no. Ravens Colts. Ravens Colts, and and are the Broncos playing? Or they're, they're no, that's bi. that'll be they're the bye. So tomorrow is Seahawks, Ra- uh, Seahawks, Redskins, mm-hmm. Ravens Colts. You think Andrew Luck and them go to Baltimore and win the game or not? I don't know about that. I man. think. I mean, you, Ray Lewis announcing that this is his last go, and he's playing. And he's playing. And That's it's a big it's, emotional. It's almost lift. like you got on one end, you got Pagano coming back from cancer. You got a team galvanized by that, and then on the opposite end, you got Ray Lewis uh, with his presence coming back. Even though he hasn't really been the same in the last couple of years, people kind of he still holds that weight in people's minds and hearts. Uh, if that defense is on, if they can pressure Andrew Luck, it's not going to be easy for him. And then you get Flack. If Flacco actually, 
manages the team. I, I think a big key to the game is Ray Rice running. Yeah, and, and I, catching out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think they're going to give a heavy dose of Ray Rice, and I also think that uh, Ray Lewis being there, just, just seeing 52 – at, mm-hmm. at linebacker, right. I think that that's going to be enough. I think he's going to say, "Listen, is, if this this could be my last game, I'm willing to die out here because that's how sick that dude is." Yeah, he's and I, he said he he's willing to die out there. And I think that Andrew Lux, you know, even though he's a very smart quarterback, and I think that he's, you know, they say watching clips of him is like watching an eight year quarterback. This guy's not a rookie, um, as far as mentally, but I think. Well, did we say that about RG three? No, I'm fucking with I, I, but no, but I actually, you know. I actually think RG3 is one of the smartest. Have two. you seen the way he plays? Uses that play action? Oh, it's amazing! It's like an he's no, like no, no. He's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, both of those guys are. It's great. amazing that there was good. It's amazing that those guys were one and two, mm-hmm. and they're doing what they're doing. I think either team would have been great with the, either and one Russell of them. Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson doesn't get his due because he's out there, but that yeah. dude, that dude is sick, yeah. and and he he's up for rookie of the year. I mean, yeah. Don't sleep on what he did. So that's going to be a really, really good game. I think that that game could come to – I mean, everyone's picking Seattle because of their defense, yeah. you know, and I don't know. Going to Seattle is going to be to- – I think it's, they go back to Seattle if they win, right? I think so. But it's it's what's interesting about um, – Or no, the, do they have to do the road the whole time? I don't know. Um, the Redskins get to host this game. And then if would, – would they play San Francisco? Who would they play? Who won the, the division? The Redskins won their division. No, who won the division with Seattle? Did Seattle win? Or did, did they uh, beat the 49ers? No, I think the 49ers won the division. Yeah, so I think the, I think Seattle's going to have to go on the road. That's going to be tough. The way that the NFC East plays each other, it, this it's almost like an anomaly because the NFC East, yeah. regardless of their records, no. they constantly beat no, each other up anyway. No, fucking Rex Grossman beat us twice. Yeah. Beat us twice. Um, all right, you know something? You know, I think the game's tomorrow. I... My picks are, I think the Redskins are going to pull it off, man. I think the Redskins are going to beat Seattle at the end of the game. I think RG3 is going to show the country tomorrow that he's he's one of the most spectacular uh, sports figures in our nation right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I think the Ravens are going to beat the Colts. That's what I think. I'm taking the Redskins and the Ravens tomorrow. Um you agree? I agree. I okay. agree 100%. Um, I'm not going to get into NBA. We're already an hour and 10 minutes into this. If you want uh, to, you can. What's that? It's up, if, it's up to you if you want to talk about them. I'm down. Oh, what, the NBA? Yeah, if you want to talk well, about Well, the them. only thing really going on in the NBA right now is... Um, We're not even know, at the All-Star break. Yeah, it's break. nothing else. You know, the Knicks are, are playing fantastic. They're playing for beating the Spurs again. They're playing spectacular defense. It is. We're not at the break yet. The Knicks, I believe... Uh, are 23 and 10 okay. or 22 and you know they're just playing great basketball they're going to they're in the top 2 or 3 in the east right now it's amazing i don't even know what to say probably mm-hmm. lakers heat i mean lakers heat fin- heat, heat Knicks finals heat Knicks eastern, eastern conference, conference finals, finals. yeah that, which is going to make me age which is going to you're talking about aging that's going to fucking add a couple to my life but um no we'll get into an unacceptable you had a good unacceptable today uh with the with the twitter thing so uh, we'll we'll get into unacceptable okay. for the day. We'll do our plugs and we will uh, we'll get out of here. I guess unacceptable is just like the on Twitter and just social media, just the constant uh, negativity and hate. I know people talk about it all the time, but there's just so much hate, and I just wonder if the people that hate so much on Twitter, if they've ever tried to create something themselves, if they've ever took the time to sit down and write something besides a tweet that they thought was funny yeah. and actually like put something in front of 
a group of people and and to see if they actually liked it. You know what's great about that unacceptable because it, it really is like as a, as somebody who creates, you do too. Mm-hmm. We create stuff. Um, I would never fucking knock something even if I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked me a question once in an interview to get some kind of like gig for for TV. They go, which which I got two questions for you. What comedy do you like? And I told them the comedy that I like, the stand ups, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, what comedy don't you like? Who do you hate? And what I said to them, they, they really liked the answer. I go, look, I go, I know how hard this is. So even the people I hate and the comedy I don't like, I know how hard it is and what it took for them to get to where they are that I can't knock it. And right. the guy goes, wow, that's a great answer. I go, yeah, so I may not like somebody, but you know something? I know how they work their fucking ass off and they created something and I can't knock it. You don't think that I would love to go on fucking Twitter and I would love mm. to go on Facebook and be like, yeah, I'll f- fuck you. Right. You know, you, like, you know what I mean? But I don't do that. And, and, and I agree with you. I think it is unacceptable to knock somebody who creates when you don't. Yeah, it was, it's, it's just because it's frustrating because some, some of the people that you, you follow, and you don't have to follow a person on Twitter if they're always spouting negativity, but it's just, it's just like you create something instead of just, and constantly, like most of the stuff that I tweet about, if I like something, I'll say, oh, I really dig this artist. You might yeah. like him too, or, you know, check this person out. And, but it, it, it just gets annoying sometimes. It's just like, really? Just how about you actually do something yeah. instead of commenting on uh, yeah, hating. people's stuff all the time? Yeah, I can't stand that shit. I can't stand that. You know, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give an unacceptable too. Okay. Okay. So so Chris is unacceptable is the haters on Twitter who like just hate on creativeness and they don't do shit. Mine is I really and I can't call people out because I said I would never do that. But I mine is it's unacceptable to have these comedians on Twitter, and there are many of them who just have the most unfunny, fucking like stupid. Like, breaking news, Lindsay Lohan. And these are, like, fucking professional comedians, dude. And they're doing stuff that, like, somebody working in a fucking office could be. Now, I'm not not saying that I'm the most groundbreaking fucking tweeter. I just tweet stupid shit sometimes and I have fun. But I don't, I don't do, I don't try that, like, breaking news. Lindsay Lohan just walked down the street and fucking broke her probation. Like, I don't, it's, it's just fucking stupid, man. You're a professional. It's fucking right. unacceptable. I've seen people. I'd love to fucking air it out right now. I just, I just, you know, but I, just look on Twitter and you could see. Like Kanye West and uh, Kim Kardashian's. Yeah, the only thing I tweeted about embryo. Kim Kardashian getting getting pregnant, I just go, you know, if guys make fun of it, it's funny. If women do, it's jealousy. And mm-hmm. that was just a stupid thing. But I wasn't going to go, yeah, well, Kanye's funny. Like, it's just, it's just dumb. Like, it's like you said. It's like, leave it alone. Some things are, are too yeah. set up. Leave it alone. It's unacceptable. It's pedestrian. Man. Like, everybody, like, feels like they have to have a yeah. joke about Kanye or whatever the hot story is. Leave Lindsay Lohan alone. Mean <laughs> Girls was fantastic. She gave us that. She gave us that, you assholes. God bless her and Tina Fey for that uh, movie. Damn it. Who wrote that? Tina Fey Tina wrote Fey that? Tina Fey wrote yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, listen. I'm gonna uh, I'm making an announcement to my fans and supporters, and this is um, this is uh, a dedication to all you guys um, because all you. Well, actually, no. It's also my fucking hilarious shit. But uh, it, you know, you guys support me. I like how you renege on the shit that these days are like. 
Actually, fuck you guys. Actually, yeah, no, you know what? You didn't sit in that shitty condo in the middle of the country trying to fucking get better at this. But you know what you did do? You do support me, and I'm just kidding. I appreciate everything, and and I'm glad to announce this uh, to you guys before I even announce it on Facebook. But um, I've been on TV before, and I've had TV credits as far as Fox News as Red Eye, and I've done some, um, you know you know, talking head stuff on Spike TV and some other things like that. But um, I'm actually um, having the, the, the honor and privilege to do stand-up for the first time on television, and I'm going to be doing it, um, which actually has access to 50 million homes on Access TV, which is Mark Cuban and Ryan Seacrest's um, new network. And, you know, it's on it's on DirecTV, it's on Dish, it's on Comcast, it's on Time Warner, it's on Verizon. It's just, of course, it's not on fucking Cablevision, which a lot of people in New York have. But um, I'm going to be doing that. And um, the cool thing about this and what matters to me about this is... Because I I always felt like, lately, comedy is so run down. It's so... <laughs> wait, wait, are you going to tell them what you're doing, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna t- no, I told them, I told them. Okay. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing a thing on Access TV called, uh, oh no, Gotham... Tell, explain, like, tell, like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's called, it's called um, Gotham Comedy Live. And um, one thing I like about this is, you know, comedy's been so watered down where people get specials, and but everyone's getting a special. They take the, fake motherfuckers the, the, out the, here. <laughs> you better recognize. No, it, they take the word special out of it. It's not yeah. special if 25 people do it in a year. Yeah. You know, special to me growing up was when somebody got an HBO and it was like nobody in the country was watching comedy and one fucking dude got it. And um, the, the beautiful thing about what we're doing is it's going to be uh, 12 episodes on Access TV, okay, and it's going to be 12 celebrity hosts bringing up four comedians, and what makes this different and historic and makes me happy to be a part of it and happy to have my first television credit doing stand-up is it's live, live, folks. This is not, you know, taped live. This is Saturday Night Live, live. So as you sit in your home and watch this comedy show, you're going to see us go on stage as it happens, which is really cool. They do it with concerts. They did it with that 12-12-12 concert, um, and they're doing it with comedy now. And it's going to be taped at Gotham Comedy Club. They did the pilot, which aired once and uh, got picked up for 12 episodes. I will be on the first episode. It will be hosted by Orlando Jones. There's other great comedians on the show. Um, and I'll be doing that and it is live live so if you have it check it out um, I really appreciate it and I'm, I'm happy to announce that I'm happy to be doing something different and unique because um, you don't get to do something live especially with stand up so thank you for all the support and, and everything on here just want to do some plugs too congrats to, man oh thanks man I appreciate it dude I, I, I really do and um, yeah Chris is going to give his plugs um, really really funny you know and and I'm not just saying this you know it's very rare that I would have like really younger comedians on my show but uh from when I met Chris doing shows at Levity and just knowing him he's a guy that is constantly growing and getting better and somebody to see he does all the shows um you know that are that are hot in New York City right now and he's somebody that uh makes you think is willing to take chances and uh you guys are going to love him so that that's why he's on the show and uh, he's going to plug his shit real quick my plugs next week um I will be um on the 9th I will be at Stand Up New York on the 10th I will be at Gotham Comedy Club uh you could check those on the website but uh, I, that has not been updated yet so this is as fresh as it gets 9th Stand Up New York 10th Gotham Comedy Club and um, at uh, 10 o'clock at night on Access TV okay check your listings for it 10 o'clock at night I will be performing on Gotham Comedy Live 
uh, with your host, Orlando Jones. And uh, that'll be around 50 million homes in the country. Please check it out. Spread out, you know, spread the word. And I appreciate it. Chris, you have any uh, plugs you got? You yeah. got some stuff coming up, right? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Chris Lamberth, L-A-M-B-E-R-T-H. Uh, Monday, January 7th at 8 p.m. I'll be on the show, new show, Night Train with Wyatt Sinak formerly of The Daily Show. It's going to be a really great show. It's at Littlefield in the Gowanus area of Brooklyn. That same night at 9 p.m. I'll be at uh, Bar Matchless. Really fun show uh, in Greenpoint. And then this weekend I'll be doing a bunch of shows uh, opening, featuring for Maranzio Vance at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, Oh, it's a nice week you got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check them out. Those two shows Monday night in Brooklyn. And if you are in the, you know, Maryland, uh, Baltimore area, go down to the uh, factory and... Uh, and check Chris out and watch him open up for uh, Maranzio Vance? Yes, sir. Yeah, check that out. Um, I'll be in New York City. And, uh, yeah, man, you guys, till uh, till episode 94, I really appreciate it. Again, please download the Butterfly Radio app. Send me a, a message. I'll get back to you on it. And uh, go register on ButterflyRadio.com. Get your own podcast if it's something that you're interested in doing because that's what that um, website gives you access to. And if you love it and it was always something you thought about, it's, it's free. It makes no sense to not do it. Um, and go to iTunes and leave comments on the Verzi Effect podcast. You guys are the shit. The numbers keep growing, and uh, this is why I do it. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been episode number 93 with uh, special guest Chris Lamberth. Until episode 94, I'll check you guys out later.